0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with a dog lover. And Who is not a dog lover, especially in the Dunstan Group? We love dogs. Uh, Sarah Andraco is a dog behaviorist and she is phenomenal. You've got to go check out her website. We'll put all these links here, but let's talk a little bit about Sarah and, and really her passion. Now dogs, they're the man's best friend. They live with us, sleep with us, eat with us. My golden retriever eats with me way too much. Probably shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> works out with us. She definitely needs to do that more. Um, and if you get a dog today, you'll be shocked at how fast they become part of your family. You know, immediately they, they, my, my dog is, is my first child. That's what I, I say. Uh, all the time. And now I have two kids and she's probably like, why did you get kids? Like I was your kid. Um, But let's talk a little bit about kind of what she does. Now let's get into the mind of your dog. You know, it's more than just science fiction, right? You know, Sarah is a certified canine behavior consultant with over 20 years of experience working with dogs and educating their owners, fear, anxiety, aggression, and disobedience from your dog will become a thing of the past once Sarah helps you understand why your pet is doing what they're doing. And really everybody wants a good pet. You don't want a dog that's not going to be a good dog. And that all starts at the beginning and really starts with training. The other thing that she does, which is really awesome, and we'll dive into this, is the Rescue Me 5K. So we're so excited to dive into this. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm
2: excited to be here. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you, Sarah. This is awesome. Like, I, I just love this topic. And
0: uh, so thanks again for joining us. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found your way into what seems like one of the coolest jobs in the world? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I got to say, I do love my job, both aspects of it. Um, I started off kind of with uh, some veterinary nursing early on and got into the nonprofit sector and... A lot of the work that I did in the nonprofit sector to help keep dogs out of the shelter system and help keep them from getting euthanized was in behavior work. So my love for nonprofit and growing that nonprofit is ultimately what led me into or or down a behavior pathway to help bridge some of the communication gaps that are happening between pet parents and their pets that lead to these behavioral problems and these dogs that are getting euthanized and surrendered at these you know, really unfortunate rates. So that's kind of how I, I got kicked off in the behavior world and how those two things between the nonprofit world, and the profit world kind of connected.
0: Now day to day uh, how much are you actually training the dog and how much are you actually training the dog's owner? (laughs) <laughs> it is
2: about ninety five percent training owners. I yes. think those people,
0: you're, you're a psychologist. Yes. <laughs> That's right.
2: The dogs are a piece of cake. I yeah. gotta tell you. Not...
0: <laughs> and, and to get and the whole funny. family on the same page, right? Like, oh, good lord, yes. have mercy.
2: I love my single dog owners. It's so much easier with a family member <laughs> dynamics, you know, the psychology behind yeah. it. I'm like, I'm not a human psychologist. I went into this for the dogs, but you have to, you've got to, you know, you got to adapt to the different personalities and you've got to figure out what works for each individual family member so that they can all be on the same page. You got your visual learners and your audio learners and your hands-on learners. And yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. So, so tell us about your journey. You know, why dogs, why not cat behavior consultant?
2: Um, cats like as so much as dogs
0: do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I
2: just kind of liked to, You know, some of them are more social, but honestly, with dogs, with, with dogs, as we've bred them, have become kind of like dependents. They really are dependents. And they connect with us on a level more than any other animal on this planet. Like that's that's science. There's research behind that. And cats are wonderful. They can connect and they can bond with their owners as well. But dogs really are set apart in terms of animals that we bond and connect with and that we have bred for that specific purpose. So that companionship, that bond building, that attachment, Um, I find that really important, especially the more and more people who are now having dogs instead of kids, you know, making sure that we're setting people up for those healthy relationships that are going to last. So that's really kind of my focus on dogs is because more and more people are becoming more and more attached to their family members. And I want to help those people avoid problematic behaviors that can really degrade their relationship over time. Cats are great. I mean, I grew up with a dad that was a falconer and I worked in a zoo and I love animals in general, like, but the the way that we bond with our domesticated dogs is so unique and so different that that's really kind of where my passion is.
0: They really are our best friends yeah. they really are yeah. there's no other animal they really like them
1: there really isn't maybe I'm biased but no I mean I am um, too but that's true yeah. this morning my dog my two children my four and my two year old were absolutely insane my golden <laughs> retriever just literally walked up to me it's like she knew. I needed a moment. And she just looked at me yeah, like, she totally knew. Don't worry, daddy. Yeah. It's all good. And I'm just looking at her I like, it, "Why? Dad. I should have just had two more golden retrievers. Yeah. They're, so, <laughs> they're so loyal.
0: And, and I'm living that pet parent life. Yeah. I, I have no kids, but the two dogs are so much fun and, and they certainly keep us occupied. Absolutely. Uh,
2: I love it. I love but, that people are, are having dogs. Like some of my favorite clients are, are um, I'm going to use the term millennials. Like everybody always like puts millennials into one group box, but the millennial are like the best dog parent generation ever because they love their dogs and they're not, interested. a lot of them are not interested in having kids so that they, they are giving their dogs like the best life ever. And they look into the education and the nutrition and all these things that we've come to find make our lives with our dogs better. And so I just, I love it.
1: And you look, I think, from like an accessibility standpoint, look at places in Charlotte in general that allow dogs to, to go in. I mean, breweries will probably be the number one, but there's so many places that you can bring a dog where you probably can't even bring a kid. You know, I mean, it's incredible. Your dog can go literally everywhere with you. We have clients that they bring their dogs here. I don't think they've come to our office without their dog. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Like, for sure. Whether it's in the purse, on a leash, doesn't matter. They're coming in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, I yeah, see and the
2: idea of getting everybody to work well together and know what some of those kind of community guidelines are to yes. keep, you know, problems from brewing in public places, I think is pretty important, too.
1: Yes. And you know what that starts with? Obedience and training your dog the right way. So... Tell us about your journey. You've been doing this for a really long time. Um, your website's incredible. You have been all Thank over you. the place in news and Fox, NBC, Newsweek, PBS, Time. I mean, literally all of the huge publications you've been in. You've created an amazing community called the K9 Community. Tell us a little bit about your journey, and then we'll jump into uh, the Rescue Me 5K as well.
2: Yeah, sure. So my whole overarching goal is really to kind of reach the masses because there's such a need for, again, bridging that communication gap with our dogs. And it plays such a role on kind of the nonprofit and the for-profit world in terms of like all of these dogs that we have in shelters and that end up euthanized or discarded or surrendered or whatever the case may be. So when I set out kind of on my behavior journey, um, as much as I love working one-on-one with people, the, the whole overarching principle is masses. How can I reach the masses with this information and spread this education? because there's not a lot of behavior professionals out there. There's less than a hundred veterinary behaviorists in the country. Um, There's only like literally two other certified behavior consultants in my entire area, you know, the greater Charlotte area, there might be five in the total state of North Carolina. So there's a huge need for behavior work and for helping pet parents better understand and communicate with a completely different species. You know, we communicate with them like we're humans. We expect our human laws and guidelines to be their guidelines in the way that they live, even though they have their own species needs. So how can we get that information out to the masses? And so I started the canine community to get more people on board that can consume as much or as little information as they want to, you know, to make that easy on them. You can soak it all up and become, you know, an expert and go into behavior, or you can just get little tidbits here and there that help you and your dog along. You know, I do a YouTube channel for pet parents and I have a professional podcast. So Targeting the pet parent audience, getting good, solid, science-based information out to the masses because there's so much bad information out there. Anybody can be a dog trainer. Anybody can call themselves a dog expert, and it drives me crazy. Um, but that's a different side tangent for another day. And then, you know, looking at how else we can reach the masses, we can we can reach them by the profession, the other professionals that work for them. So I've got a professional podcast. I work with veterinarians and veterinary staff to help train their staff. So that we're hitting this at all angles, we're hitting it from the pet parent angle and the public, we're hitting it from the professional community, because there's just not enough people out there, you know, practicing these different things that are really going to build these great relationships between canines and uh, their human companions. So that's kind of my goal is how many people can we reach with this education and this information that's only going to make life so much better for everyone involved.
1: So let's, that. let's talk a little bit about maybe a, a a crazy client story or something, maybe one of your favorite stories of, of how, you know, maybe a dog came into, into your, your life and, and, and how this really affected that or how this changed that. I'm sure you got a, like a million stories, but if one, one, uh, one sticks out.
2: Oh, in terms of behavior work.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I've had some really interesting ones. Um. Yeah, I mean, a million of them are flooding my head right now. I've had some severe aggression cases. I've had like obsessive compulsive disorder cases. I think my favorite though are my my fearful dogs, my dogs that are aggressive because they're really scared. Um, and interestingly enough, I do not have a natural personality to work with anything fearful. I'm kind of tightly wound, and I have a higher heart rate, and I talk with my hands like a Italian, even though I'm Irish. And so, um, <laughs> it's been the biggest challenge to work with them. And you can see so much progress with building confidence in these dogs. So not to call anyone out in particular without their permission first, but, um, there's a couple of fearful dogs that I've worked with that you've gone from. They live every single day of their life, just in constant anxiety and hypervigilant and, you know, always with their head on a swivel, kind of like some of the veterans that I work with PTSD. So watching them just actually be able to take a deep breath and to relax and then to open up and start enjoying their environment and being able to function in a normal capacity without, constant state of stress. There's a, there's a couple dogs in particular in the area that I've really enjoyed working with that have gone from just scared of the world to, oh, I kind of like some of the things in my environment and I could kind of enjoy this a little bit. And, um, I love that that adds years to their life. You know, that's, that's really a cool thing to watch.
0: Do you see certain breeds of dogs that are more anxious and, you know, have this anxiety issue than others, or I'm I'm sure you do. Um, I don't want to answer that question for you, but, but if you do, what, what, what breeds are those?
2: You know, oddly, no, I work with a huge mix of dogs and, um, most of it is more about upbringing and social exposure than anything else. I will say that, um, some of my Australian shepherds tend to be more anxious, uh, but often that is a, it's environmental circumstances more than, you know, probably genetics, I would Mm -hmm. say. Um, Some of my German shepherds, they have more, I would say I've worked with more German shepherds that have had either a a fear-related issue or an anxiety-related issue than um, other breeds. Yeah. So my Aussies and German shepherds are probably at the top of those lists we got a shepherd theme going on going on their herding dog theme i
1: I got a question and this you know for me i grew up with a golden retriever and for me it was like i'm gonna get a golden retriever that just messed really well but i feel like a lot of people might go out And if they're a first-time dog owner, just buy the dog because they think it's cute or they think this is neat. But it's like, what environment are you living in? Where do you live? Do you live in an apartment in South End or do you live on a farm, right? Like how much activity is this dog going to get? How committed are you to getting that dog activity? What is your advice on somebody that might not own a dog right now, or maybe they're looking for another dog of what kind of dog you should get, you know? And I know that might be specific, but I'm, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. I, yeah, I have a friend who has an Aussie and he is so committed to running that dog every day and doing all this things. So the dog's great. But if that dog were to come live in an apartment in South End, it would not be the same experience, right? And and I feel like some people might get the wrong dog and they don't really know what they're signing up for. So how, how would you... Recommend people go about finding the right dog for for the environment that you're going to be in, so you can both be happy and 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 make that a great life.
2: Yeah, that is an excellent question. People get the wrong dog all the time. They're <laughs> so cute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is it. He just spoke to me. Yeah. And,
0: you know, Freaking like, greyhound. Yeah. They they don't like going uh, outside. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> he just curled up in my lap, and it was love at first sight until two weeks later, his real personality came out, and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so but yeah, do your research. And it, it doesn't matter if you're gonna buy a dog or adopt a dog, right? So if you're if you're looking at purchasing from a breeder, um there are a lot of things to know about reputable breeders. There are way more non-reputable breeders than there are reputable breeders. So what I look at is not how pretty the dog is or if they're built for confirmation or show. I mean, the dog can be beautiful. It, it, that's great. That's That to me is very secondary to how that dog is raised. So, um, you know, looking at breeders that don't uh, actually send the dogs out until they're at least about nine weeks of age. So they get that important time with mom and pups, develop good white inhibition and dog-to-dog communication, but are also getting outside of the home social exposures so they know how to deal with novel stimuli. And a lot of the breeders are not getting those puppies out um, because of a misunderstanding in terms of what you can do safely with vaccines or without vaccines on board. So starting with a really good breeder, if you're adopting because a really good breeder is also going to steer you away from their puppies. If you, if their puppies are not the right match, even if they lose a sale, that's important to know from an adoption standpoint, Um, Doing foster to adopt is always a great option because if you don't have that dog in your home for at least two to three weeks, you're not going to see some of that real personality come out yet. It's like they put their best paw forward and you put your best foot forward. It's like the first couple of times you meet someone, your real personality isn't really out there yet. So fostering to adopt is a great way, you know, three, four weeks to get an idea if that might be the right adoption for you. Um, And you can also look at breed mixes and generalities. But often I look at the individual dog because um, breeds can often lie because it's this type of breed that doesn't mean this dog is going to be that way. You know, sometimes we can kind of predict some of their behaviors. Like I wouldn't get a working line German Shepherd if you want a couch potato, obviously. Um, (laughs) But a lot of people don't know that. They see these beautiful police dogs that are these gorgeous. Or just dark sable colors. And they're like, I want one of those until you have one of those and you have to occupy it as a puppy, as a puppy 24 seven. So obviously you can align kind of your, your physical activities and your lifestyle with the type of dog, whether that is a dog that you're looking to adopt or a dog that you're looking to buy based on what you know of that specific dog in that environment and how long, how much time you can spend with that dog ahead of time to kind of really get a good feel for their personality. Um, and it is important not to overshoot. You know, I've, I've run across a lot of people that are like, I'm going to get an active dog because I want to be more active. My advice to you is to become more active first and see if that's going to stick and then it
1: sounds like a diet yeah yes i'm I'm gonna get a dog that needs five Uh, miles a day because then that money run five miles very well could be a 15 year 20 year commitment it doesn't really go well unless (laughs)
2: you form that habit first i'm telling you so but to your point about like the aussies in the apartments um, I work with people that already have the dog, right? Maybe they picked the wrong dog and now they've got to make it work. There are things that you can do in the environment to make it work, but it is about lifestyle and it requires a commitment. So my Australian shepherds that are living apartment don't have a yard. Working are teaching them jobs, how to open and close doors, which you have to be careful with because they're really smart and they open and close the wrong doors, um, mm-hmm. but how to do different things that are going to scratch their natural itch to be able to kind of organize chaos or be able to do things. To, to. So there are ways to make it work, but it's always best to start out with the idea of doing some research first and making sure that your lifestyle is going to click with the individual dog you're looking for.
1: And I got another question. Um, I, I one of the things that breaks my heart is people that get a dog and then they they return the dog, right? Or they or they mm-hmm. bring the dog to the pound. I, I know you've probably seen a lot of that coming out of COVID, where people we need a dog, we're all at home, and then it's like life's back to normal, and now they don't want to take care of the dog. First off, if you're ever that type yeah. of person, screw you. Um, <laughs> second, the the thing around that though is I, I think it's the the notion where. Well, if you don't train the dog as a puppy, then the dog's never going to be a good dog, right? You can always start to train a dog or to, to understand how to treat that dog. Tell us, tell us if somebody right now has a dog, whether it's any age and they're having issues and and they, and they don't know where to go, you know, obviously give you a call, but don't give up on that dog, right? Like you said, it's 95% the human. It's not the dog. It's you. So what is your advice for those people that might be having difficulty with that dog? Because the last thing we ever want to see, especially all of us being dog lovers, is a family or an individual to to take that dog to the pound.
2: Right. And especially right now, the the shelters are flooded. So if if you're dropping off a dog that has any behavioral issue or training issue whatsoever, it's going to get euthanized. Like everyone is flooded right now from all the surrenders. The rescues are in crisis. So pretty much if you're going to surrender your dog you're you're it's getting euthanized um uh and uh, so man, my thing is that. is like so so say you adopted a pandemic puppy right you didn't do the socialization stuff you didn't know what you were getting into maybe you got the wrong breed maybe you got it you bought it from a breeder that you know gave it to you at 5 6 weeks of age it, you know maybe it has bad bite inhibition and bad communication skills because of it. Okay, well, that that's in the past and there's nothing we can do about it. What can we do moving forward? A lot, actually. So do we have an obedience issue here where the dog is just disobedient and doesn't know sit down, stay, heal because you didn't know how to onboard those things? Well, you can just work with a dog trainer. You know, work with a dog trainer that practices positive reinforcement and can teach you and show you how to have that dog working with you Now, it's important to say, I don't want your dog working for tools. It doesn't matter what kind of leash or what kind of collar or what kind of tools or equipment you use. Forget all of that. You want the dog working with you no matter what you use. So don't rely on any tools to build in that obedience. That's first and foremost. Secondly, if you're dealing with a behavior issue, you need a behavior professional. So the difference between obedience, dog training, sit down, stay, heel, fetch, you know, all that stuff and behavior, anxiety, fear, aggression, That's a different bird and you need a different professional to help you with that. Be really careful about dog trainers, certified or not, that work behavior modification courses. So if your dog has separation anxiety because you never left the house and now all of a sudden you have to go back to work, you need to behavior professional to help you with that. You also are going to need a level of commitment. I'm sorry that you didn't do your research ahead of time. I'm sorry that you ended up with the wrong kind of dog because you didn't know any better, but that's the dog you have now. So let's do something about that. Let's work together. Yes. It's going to be hard. Yes. It's going to be work, but you signed up for this. So let's do it together. You know, and a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's so expensive. Like, Oh, you know, behavior modification and dog training. Oh, it's such a huge expense. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you've got a Frenchie. You probably spent a couple <laughs> thousand dollars on that dog, put more into the behavior and the training than into the dog. So if you spend $3,000 on your beautiful show, Doberman Pinscher or Golden Retriever, or kind Corso, then expect to spend at least two to three times that with your behavior or your training. It's kind of like nutrition. There are certain things that you just don't cut corners on. And, and behavior is one of those things. So if you if you found yourself in that position, there is help for you. And I promise it's much easier to have somebody that has the education and the experience on board to help show you how you can do things differently and start seeing progress with your dog.
1: What is the best way if if people are listening to this right now and they're like, Sarah's nailing it, this this is this is my dog, um, that they can get in touch with you? Can they train with you? Do you have a team? How does that look and how can can our listeners you know, not only get in touch with you, but if they have a dog right now or they need help, or maybe they're wanting to get a dog and they have questions, or maybe they're going to get a dog in a couple of months and they want to auto- automatically get that, that puppy into training. What's the best way to do that?
2: First of all, I love when people contact me before they ever get a puppy or ever get a dog, like getting that foundational stuff on board. So you know what you're getting into and you're prepared is step one, just like vaccines are preventative. So are those sessions before you ever bring the adopted dog or the puppy into your home so that is awesome but honestly my website is the easiest way i've got it kind of streamlined at Sarahandraco.com to where you can hit train with sarah and it will take you through kind of my process because i like to gather some background information first know what i'm dealing with and then we do a, a virtual consultation so i can get a feel for what you're looking to do what your goals are specifically and kind of coming up with a a real uh, plan, um, based on what your environmental lifestyle is like and what you're looking to do with your dog, um, or what behavior you're trying to treat, uh, that, that gives me that information. And I can put a plan together for you to do that appropriately. These are individual plans. Um, and that's the other thing I want to stress too, is there's a lot of, oh, we do this program for that. And we do this program for that. And, um, kind of my approach is the individual dog that's right in front of you. So the website kind of following that train with Sarah pattern is usually the best way to do
1: that. I love it. I, I'm looking at the uh, the canine questionnaire. It'll take five minutes, and it looks fascinating as far as just understanding what your dog is like, and then how you know you can help us. Um, this is really cool, Sarah. I love your passion around dogs. We all love dogs, and I was—I'll tell you this: our my first golden retriever, we did not do the proper training, right? And there were a lot of issues, and this was with our family, and it just maybe didn't really work out. And that—that that was when I was a kid. But then when I got my first golden retriever, I was committed to it right at the very beginning. And it was That's the great. best decision I ever had. My dog is perfect. She literally doesn't <laughs> do anything wrong. I look at her and I'm like, what, <laughs> what happened to my children? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but 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 she's amazing. I mean, we, we we live on an acre in South Charlotte and we don't have a fence uh, and she's completely content. She's not going anywhere. She'll lay in the front yard and we'll get people calls. Your are golden retrievers in the front yard. And we're like, we know. <laughs> she ain't going anywhere. She's good, but she's she's been amazing. But it was because we did that at the beginning, and we and we continued to do it for multiple years, and we continue to do it now. We're always trying to challenge her um, on on how she can get better, and it just makes for such an easier life. Like it does, it really, and it people makes people it fun. These guys
2: have needs. I don't they know wh- have needs that need to be met. I don't
1: know? know what I would do with two kids under four and a dog that didn't behave. I mean, I look at Dempsey all the time, and I'm like, God, I love you. You are... <laughs> The easiest <laughs> thing in our family. You're the best. I don't know. But it's you put a... in
2: the work. Yeah, well, right. What right. does it. Yeah. You know, and... golden retrievers are a great example because so many people buy golden retrievers because they're like, oh, they're great family dogs. Right. If you put in the work. Right. I mean, I work with golden retrievers that are aggressive, that bite kids because yeah. the work wasn't put in. So you're right. It's it's that relationship that you're building and you're you're fulfilling this dog's needs, obviously. And, and so therefore, they're going to fulfill your family needs, too.
1: Absolutely. D- Dempsey, she cracks me up. She'll lay down. With her paws like this and then her face down, and my kids will just be ripping at her ears and everything. And she'll just look at me like, This is what I signed up for. But she lets yeah. them, she's the most gentle soul. I love her so much. Um, so I want to transition this into something that you're a part of called the Rescue Me 5K. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can, uh, can learn more about uh, the Rescue Me 5K. You have a really cool shirt that says Veterans and Pitbulls, too. I don't know if that's connected, but that's yes. pretty sweet. Yeah.
2: It is. That's what it's all about. So our Rescue Me 5K is an event that we hold annually in the Charlotte area. This year, it's going to be in Belmont, North Carolina. And the proceeds benefit our shelter dog to service dog program, Operation Sidekick. And um, Operation Sidekick, what we do is we rescue and then we raise and we train um, service dogs for veterans with PTSD. And we provide those service dogs to our veterans at no cost. So we do all of the training We provide all of the vet care and everything to get this dog where it needs to be to Um, become public access certified and to help a veteran based on what their specific needs are. And so the race is our one thing that we do every year, not just to bring public awareness, but to also onboard the funds that we need to continue this program. You know, we're a small nonprofit organization. This is an event under the American Pitbull Foundation, as is the, the program Operation Sidekick. And we rely on public donations and small grants to make it happen. And so the awareness piece is huge because people love this event. I mean, we get told every year that this is their favorite event of the year. They get to bring their dog and run with their dog, walk with their dog. There's vendors, there's, you know, an adoption event so you can find your furry new best friend. Um, but be- food and beer and games and costume contests. So we really try to Bring awareness by bringing a community event that's a lot of fun and at the same time is going to support this program that is it's quite expensive to run, um, but it, it's helping us provide what's needed to raise these puppies, these rescued puppies, and and train them for veterans that need them.
0: That's, that's
1: fantastic. Yeah, that's so quiet. Cool. You had me until adoptable dogs. I can't take my family to that. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's I'm just one kidding. One thing I have I am, learned you cannot am,
0: go am, look uh, at a puppy or an adoptable kidding. dog and not come home. No, one. That, you just can't. That's you can't do it. I know. You that's don't tough. just go look. That's, tough. that's right.
1: No, but there are, you yeah. know, but that's a great example. If you are thinking about, you know, getting a dog, be a part of the Rescue Me 5K. Go out there. You you might see a dog um, there that you can, you know, rescue. And, and, and that would be incredible. She just mentioned, you know, with with all of the uh, uh, really everybody giving back their dogs, which is terrible. Don't do it. Don't do it. Call Sarah. We'll save the day. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. What would you say the biggest mistake is that that new dog owners make, like just in general with with the way they treat them or however they start training?
2: Expecting your dog to do human things or to respond to you as a human um, and also expecting that you're communicating effectively with your dog when your dog doesn't speak English or comprehend language. Um, And they never will. They don't understand definitions the way that we understand them. And so, you know, I have people like speaking in full sentences to their dog. Well, I told him if he did this, this was going to happen. I'm like, your dog has zero comprehension of anything that you just said. (laughs) So I'm glad for you. You made yourself feel better by thinking you communicated, but you didn't at all. Um, So that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is actually forgetting that they're a dog and that you have to communicate with them in ways that they're going to understand. Right. When we first meet someone, we're looking at them and we're we're studying their face, even if it's subconsciously. And we're memorizing some of those things and watching their mannerisms to, to, to figure out how we feel about them. But we're also verbalizing. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm a certified dog behavior. Run the rest of me 5 pay every year for veterans and pit bulls. Whereas dogs, they're smelling you, they're hearing you, right, with, with your movements, they're watching your body language, not as much as your words, and they're not understanding your words. So the body language and the nonverbal communication, um, that's how they communicate the most with us and they learn the most from us. And so I see people... Like thinking that they're actually over communicating with their dog when they're really confusing their dog and under communicating things. And it's amazing to watch that switch once they figure out that Shh, you know, I, I want to put duct tape over people's mouths a lot. like stop talking. Just just move and do. You'd be amazed how much more your dog understands what you're looking for. Um that and there's a a huge disconnect between, what we think as punishment in particular for our dogs or consequences for our dogs. You know, you've got kids. Well, um, you can, you can understand if you say, listen, there is a consequence to your action. If you steal the cookie from the cookie jar, you're not getting a cookie for dessert for the next week. Okay. You know, they can understand that a dog does not. So if you think that you're punishing or providing a consequence to your dog, that your dog doesn't understand.
1: So I, you know, I'll, I will use this as a quick example. I have a neighbor who um, found actually found a dog, and this dog was terrified and worked for months to try to find the owner, never found the owner of this dog. And so he has been training this dog, and now he's a retired guy. And to see this dog go from being the most scared dog ever, that literally looked like it would bite my kids, to now being just flourishing and it's such a pretty dog and you can just see in its face it's like it has pride and and all that took was just effort right and when you say it's 95 yeah. percent, that's all it was is they it was calm and he, and he made it happen um and that's just really really cool so sarah um i know i mentioned uh getting or people getting in touch with you how do they get in in touch to learn more about the rescue me 5k if they want to sponsor or if they want to participate
2: Yes, both at rescueme5k.com. So it's just rescueme5k.com and all the information about registration, whether you're local or virtual and sponsorship information can be found on that site.
1: I love it. Well, Sarah, this has been awesome. I know um, with all of us being dog lovers, we can't wait to, to wait. We can't wait to meet you in person. Uh, I think what you're doing is incredible. Likewise. Um, and and I can't wait to just j- dive into the to the website some more and and learn more about it and 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 really the Rescue Me 5K. Like we always say, please like, share, comment. Go check out Sarah. Go check out her website. We'll put that in the link below. And just really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this story. I think everybody needs this, right? Like a good dog creates a happy family and i can't tell you how Absolutely. much it means to us i mean our dog it, she is my first child like that was like intro to parenting was my golden retriever and now yes. i just keep telling her she's the best one i'm like you're the best <laughs> best kid <I> <laughs> My, my kids going are going to awesome. listen to this older and be like, you like the dog better than us? I'll be like, yes. Yes. <laughs> 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 yes, well, You I can't, can't
2: crate the kids. Yeah. And- <laughs> they don't talk back. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's
1: yeah.
2: right.
1: Dempsey <laughs> gives me kisses and doesn't bark at all. Now, yeah, so okay, exactly. She's the best. So.
2: Always happy to see you. Yes. Never give you any black, Always. Yeah. The,
1: the longer you're gone, the happier they are. Oh, right. Try <laughs> that with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> That ain't gonna work um well sarah this has been incredible thank you so much for joining us um you know everybody check it out i i think this is a great resource um a, a great expert to have and somebody that does it the right way especially what she mentioned i think is the most important if you're thinking about getting a dog reach out to Sarah. Make sure you get the right type of dog. Make sure you know what you're signing yourself up for. The reality is, is that you want to make that a great experience. It's like buying a home. You better work with a great realtor or you're probably not going to have a great experience and you might be in a home you don't like. It's the same thing with dogs. Find out the right dog that you need. Find out what you need to do from a training standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint. Make sure you know everything that you're signing up for. And if you do that on the front end, you're going to have not only a great experience, but you'll be adding the favorite member to your family, like I just mentioned. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. we love learned a lot. We
2: Thanks guys. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Awesome. Until next time you've been listening to this episode of the brand builders podcast.
0: You've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the Dunstan group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the Dunstan group at dunstangroup.com.